Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. Are you ready to take your life to the most incredible level possible in 2016? Well, we've had three sold out wellness summits these last few years, but honestly, nothing comes close to the wellness breakthrough and we have just three spots remaining. Your favorite wellness couch experts, the wellness guys, Karen Smith, Kim Morrison, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witten, Marcus Pierce, and of course, Carl Brock are gathering in the Dandenong Ranges for three days and two nights for one incredible event. If you want possibly the greatest peer group in health and wellness to help you catapult your life to the next level, then we'd love to see you at the Wellness Breakthrough from February 5th to the 7th. But again, there's only three spots available. Entry to the breakthrough is by application only, and to apply, simply email your contact details to marcus at thewellnesscouch.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to help you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys, and my champion mindset co-host is Marcus Pierce. Dr. Lawrence Tam, great to be with you. Hey, brother. How are you? Very well. I've uh, had a few late nights, actually. So I'm, um, I went for a run this morning because I, I literally went to bed at midnight last night, which I rarely do, and uh, woke up this morning. My beautiful daughter, May, brought in a note saying, Daddy's doing funny talk because apparently when the kids tried to wake me up, I was talking gibberish um, <laughs> and talking about I can't get off stage yet because I haven't recorded my album yet, something like that, I think. Oh, you were dreaming. Maybe that's a bit to do with, <laughs> oh, was, I must have been the next Michael Jackson or something. Um so, yeah, went for a run, got a sweat out, now I feel a million bucks, raring to go, ready to record inside the champion's mind. But it's funny what a late night will do to you and your self-talk when you wake up six hours later. I was talking gibberish. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's uh, in this world that we, you know, uh, sometimes we do have to hold those late nights. And uh, I know how you feel. I've just been traveling across the the, uh, the the country from East Coast to West Coast and uh, and back. So, I know what that did feels like. Know, did you know, if you go Sydney to Perth, because I'm looking at flights for Europe with our Ikaria trip. And Athens to Paris or Athens to London is almost uh, – and that's a lot. That's a long way. Sydney to Perth is longer. Like, I just continually am flabbergasted at how big this country is. Oh, we yeah. can pretty much go from Eastern Europe to Western Europe in a quicker time than we can go from Sydney to Australia. Oh, absolutely. Most people don't even realize. Like Perth, yeah. Most, you know, any North American listening, it's yeah, Sydney to Perth is pretty much like LA to New York, you know, so most people don't realize how far. Um, it's yeah. just there's nothing in between, that's all. <laughs> oh, if you count Melbourne, I guess. <laughs> no, <it's just> okay. <laughs> that's a detour. Yeah. But this is a good, good lead-in because I was thinking, LT, that, you know, you and I have been doing some burning the uh, candle at both ends um, um, with some of our work things and we spend a lot of time in front of the computer but then as you say you've just had a couple of days where you've had a real life experience and I thought I think it would be a great discussion because again we live in a digital world we record podcasts and the rest it'd be a great discussion to have the digital world versus the real world so to speak for want of a better term and and where where do we draw the line because it's really easy to live a like a 110% digital experience and have um, you know, not much of a social life and not much real human being interaction. Um, 
but everyone's going to have a different threshold or a different different desire. I thought it would be good for us to share with people how, where we draw the line, and then maybe invite others to to raise their consciousness on what they're willing to do and what they're willing, uh, what they're not willing to do. Hmm. I think it's a healthy discussion, and I think that the key here, though, is just to be clear on this: is that um, it's not. This is just our opinion based on our value systems, and I want to be clear that you know whatever Absolutely. things we talk about is not necessarily a right way or wrong way. It's just that this is our opinion on how we run our lives and. Uh, you know what the suggestions that we make our lives work now we obviously have different opinions even Marcus and I will have different uh, value systems and what we value and and so therefore we'll choose things based on our value system and I think you know that was the sort of the discussion we kind of left there uh, just in the pre pre-show there was that to know that we do things based on our value systems we do things based on you know what's most important to us and so it's not right or wrong it just means that you need to kind of be self-aware to look at you know what runs your life and are you running your life or are you letting life run you yeah i like it i like it and and i and i'm going to put my neck out here and say if we're letting our life run us it's very very easy to get caught up in the digital world like letting life run us by constantly checking emails constantly checking social media constantly having notifications, constantly answering the phone when you don't actually need to answer the phone. Um, the digital world has made it very easy for us to be run by everyone else's agendas and I think it's a great, I suppose, um, yeah, like you said, a great discussion to work at. Everyone's different, everyone's got different values and what's the uh, winning formula for each and every one of our listeners. You know, I, I, it's so true, though. We, I mean, let's embrace that. We we do have to embrace technology because technology allows us to kind of get to where we, you know, to live in this world the way we do. And, um, you know, some people say, oh, you know, technology, is, it's terrible. It's, it's uh, you know, we need to kind of slow things down. We're going to have less and less um, technology. I, I don't agree. Like, technology is not going to go away. <laughs> so uh, no matter how far you push, it's going to be continual. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, just the way the life, uh, the, the world is moving towards. So um, I think you need to embrace it. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it, you know, full time. 24 7 and stuff and i think there's there's times when you need to embrace technology and there's times when you need to kind of unplug that you don't get hooked into it yeah you can have i think you know i don't know the best word for this is but you know you can see the extremes of addiction on addiction to be full fully engaged into the digital world and that's all um or you you, you kind of know when to draw the line i think that's really important to kind of look at um, moving towards this however to realize that you know being an um, just because we are interconnected, uh, we just got to think differently. We, you know, our kids are going to live in this digital world. They, they're growing up with it. I didn't grow up with it um, in my entire life, so therefore, it's a little different. Only, only, you know, being forty now, I've only grew up in the digital world for only half of it. You know, um, and I. St- and, and so where my kids are, you know, our kids are going to be growing up in, in this digital world uh, in this day and age. And who knows, like in 20 years, there's going to be a completely different thing that they're going to have to embrace. And that's what typically happens, right? Typically happens is um, if we look at our parents who've gone through their life, they would have lived through many different types of different ages. And every 10, 20 years, there's something going to happen and something's going to change. So we just have to kind of roll with the punches, but know every consequences of how we do things and, and, and adapt accordingly. All right, I'm just writing some notes here as you write this, right? Because you're saying we've we've only had it for, like you say, half of your life, which means a bit more than uh, a bit more than half of mine. But I'm breaking this down into screen time, social media, mobile phone use, emails, uh, and reading. They're just the ones that I just came up with. Um, what do you think if we if we go through this 
these five areas and uh, where we both draw the line, what our habits are, what we, how we like to roll, and then uh, invite people to work out where they, uh, I suppose, what their values are around each each, each section of those digital um, areas. Okay, let's do it. All right. Uh, so, so screen time, uh, and this kind of come up. I wrote screen time first because. Uh, screen time for me just came up the other night. I was having a chat to Damien Christoph, um, and he suggested that I order a book on Kindle because I wasn't going to get in time to get the real book. And I said I, I really don't like doing Kindle or reading a reading an ebook um, because I just like I generally I love to read at night as a bit of a down ramp just to to unwind and um, get ready for bed and. I was like, mate, I just if I spend any more time on a screen at night, I'll spew up. I just uh, spend so much time on a screen during the day. Um, there's every like, two nights a week. I kind of structure my week that Monday and Tuesday nights are my heavy nights, so to speak, in terms of like uh, I like to get a lot of work done the first couple of days of the week. Um, so I'll do my coaching calls. I'll do other work stuff. And um, so I kind of uh, break the rules for want of a better term on Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, but whenever I'm reading, it's all, I, I have a bit of an addiction to a real book. I like to feel the pages and the rest. Um, so I make sure that during the day, obviously during the day, I'm in front of a screen a lot. Um, and and yeah, and then and then when it comes to things like uh, TV, um, so that's my computer. TV is more about <laughs> you love your sport, LT. So I'm sure you can appreciate this. I use TV for sport. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's about it. Um, and when, particularly when there's special events on, you know, you got the Super Bowl coming up. You've got, um, you know, any AFL games or Australian Open tennis or whatever it is. When there's when there's special events, I'm all over it. Uh, TV gets a good running when the Olympics is on. Um, and then things like iPad, iPhone. I'm probably, I, you know, I don't know if I'm on my iPhone too much, but I do have it by my side regularly. And um, but I don't have an issue with that. I listen to music through my phone. I yeah get information through my phone. I'm not a, a bit like ULT. We live in a digital world. De- Technology is here. Um, I have no problems at all with um, using my phone as a resource to learn things, get things done, make life that little bit easier. Yeah. So I, my opinion on screen time is just very. Um, it, 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 it's a very hard call of what you're, um, what we're, I guess, we're trying to convey. So if we look back on the first comment that we made, is about values, and so what, what value, what drives you? And you know, I have no problem. I don't really care whether it's a physical book or a Kindle book uh, or an audio book. But so here's the thing: I, I do a variety of things. Um, I in the last year I read a lot of books, like handbooks. I don't have a Kindle. <laughs> uh, or my wife has a Kindle. She loves her Kindle, and so she she'll read her Kindle because just from a she values in terms of um, having to you know when we travel she just has a light thing to carry right so it's not so much as one's better than the other it's just easier for her from a uh, weight perspective you know what I mean so this is where Absolutely. it's not about screen time or not screen time. it's just more from a weight perspective and plus at nighttime she can read the book well because usually typically when we go travel with the family uh, we're in the same uh, room yeah. with the kids so you can't really read a book like a hardcover book with the lights on because yes. the kids are sleeping in the same room so with a Kindle she can read it she's got a little light uh, thing where she can actually read anywhere um when when the room is dark so when we go out traveling there's really no tv because pretty much like the kids are asleep and it's basically karen and i pretty much trying to read (laughs) 
And so that's where my that's screen time is most of the time. Oh, is that the most? I, I still remember the rude awakening, our very first family trip to Bali. I did not even think about it, but I still remember the, the very night when Maya was asleep and I was like, oh my gosh, the room's dark and oh my gosh, I don't want to turn the TV on because I really don't want this 15-month-old child to wake and oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like that's a, that, they're the things that happen when you travel. Like you say, your kids in the same room, TV is just going to be disruptive. Uh, that's yeah, that's true. the perfect example to have a to have a Kindle. But that's a, it's a rude awakening. Yeah, and so so the value system for me, like on, on like I buy a lot of audiobooks, uh, and that's where I listen to most of my educational stuff. And th- it's not because of screen time or non screen time. It's just purely valuing time, <laughs> right? Because on 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 audiobooks, um, I can listen to things on two times speed. And so basically, rather than spending, you know, six hours reading a book um, mm. or listening to a book, I would do that in three hours. And, and, and that's, you know, all podcasts are done on two times speed um, and, and everything's done on twice as fast where I can't read. Uh, you know, for me, I don't read as well uh, in terms of speed. Uh, I take my time. And so therefore, I just listen to a lot more stuff. So that's just a pure value system for me. Um, you know, can I ask you about this? Yeah, go ahead. I'm curious about audiobooks, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference or do you choose your books? See, I have a thing about an audiobook being spoken by like this audio presentation of Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell is presented to you. Like, I just, oh my gosh, like, get on with it. Do you, do you select your audiobooks by the, when the author is reading the book or do you not really care who's reading the audiobook? The, uh, audio the reader book? definitely matters. I don't really select it based on that. Um, it, it does bother me when the author is not reading it because I want to hear his voice or her voice. Yeah. Um, and their inflection and their tone and yeah. all those things. I like audiobooks that are, you know, when they actually kind of riff off rather than just reading. Like, there's a couple of yeah. That they just kind of yes. do their own thing, um, but my you know, so what you just said, my audiobook would be more like this is uh, you know this is uh, this is outliers, bro. Malcolm Gladwell, da, da, da. <laughs> so it'd be a little bit faster, <laughs> so I don't have yeah. to get through that stuff. Yeah, and plus, on audiobooks, you can just fast forward, and, and 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 so it also depends on the types of book. And if a book has like you know graphs and and, and stuff like that, then you know I'm probably going to need a book for that. You know, and so yeah. there's advantage and disadvantage of everything. So I think from a screen time perspective, is you know it depends on what your job is. We talked about this too as well. You know, you and I both spend a lot of time on a computer just because that's you know pretty much what we do uh, on a day to day basis. Um, to be honest with you, on I spend a lot of time on paper now. Uh, I don't do a lot on my oh, computer. Really? Oh, yeah. I, never, I hardly ever go on my computer other than doing... The computer time is only... Whatever I do on computer is podcast, emails, um, Facebook, and and probably YouTubes. Like, that's pretty much it. Like, yeah. I don't really do a lot. I mean, sort of editing videos, if, if that, but I don't edit that many videos anymore. Um, that's all, you know, done by my team. So, a computer, it's... You know, I'm probably on my phone a lot more than my computer. Um, so yeah. it, for me, it's just really, um, it's really more about opening documents that, that, you know, that I need to take a look at from graphics. Oh, you know what? Another computer is like, I had to do slides and from a presentation. So those are things yes. that I do on computer, but really, um, other than that, uh, I'm more, you know, you can do most of the things on your phone and oh, uh, you're doing me- like 25 meter butcher paper. Yeah. So <laughs> like I just created my whole one day event, you know, on, you know, butcher paper and, uh, you know, just rolled it out and that, that's how I created and and even then like so when i had to condense those notes i just took white piece of paper and just wrote markers and to condense my notes into one piece of paper so each module was just condensed into one piece of paper and then that's how i presented actually all weekend was um i just had a stack of white paper that 
I had my notes on. I just flipped one page at a time. So I had all my notes on, on just written paper. Um, that's, that's how I present. And so most of the stuff that I draw now is all on paper. I don't do digital stuff. And when I do worksheets, I create it on paper and I send it off. I scan it and I say, Hey team, Brian specifically. And I say, Brian, could you please um, make it look like this? but nicer. <laughs> so it doesn't look like yeah, a yeah. kindergarten did it. Um, and that's pretty much, so I, I, I do like the, the real world experience. If that's what you're if we're referring about this is that I think it's important about there's, there's something about paper and pen. There's something about paper yeah. and pen where you, when you're drawing on paper and pen, like there's, you know, when you're taking notes, um, I think, uh, the action of writing, um, I think it sinks into the brain a bit more. And I know there's some theories about it, scientific theories. I just, I personally like write notes. Um, I don't, when I go to a seminar, I don't type notes. Um, I hate typing mm. notes, actually. Yeah. I prefer actually writing notes and drawing and, 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 and just trying to create um, the context of, of that particular talk. Um, so I, I carry a note with a notebook around me all the time. That, so when I attend seminars, and so that's sort of how I think. Uh, I think better that way rather than just having an iPad. And actually, I don't even have an iPad. So, um, you know, my kids have iPads, but I don't have an iPad to, to, to write notes. I tried it a few times and it just doesn't work for me. doesn't work. Yeah, I'm with you. Just one little uh, tidbit. I'll put this in the show notes. Have you heard of Flux? Um, no. Nope. It's like a... It's like a um, Oh gosh! It it helps with your display at night. It matches your indoor lighting, so oh, yeah. it's yep. you know how I people have. often wear the you know the blue light glasses and the rest. Yep. Anyway, for those that have a Mac, uh, Flux is a great little bit of software that changes the shade of your screen, so you don't have this super bright screen um, at eleven o'clock at night. Um, all right, that's really cool on screen time. Loving you. I'm loving your insights here, and yeah, I think it's I think it's great that you that you mentioned. Um, quite well that everyone's living a different life so what i'm doing what lt's doing what karen's doing what anyone's doing is all based on their lifestyle so i love that what about social media i i generally my mantra is i suck at social media uh, i just I, I, lo- I, I like getting on there but i don't really um it's part of my business per se i don't do it that well if you know what i mean i'm not posting regularly i'm not i'm just posting when i want to i'm Checking it every now and again, uh, but generally, uh, and, and most people that know me would know this. I'm not checking social media. I'm checking the AFL app and what's going on in the AFL world. Yeah. Um, that's my. I probably check that ten times a day. I say I know they say yeah, people check Facebook twelve times a day or ten times a day. I check AFL app. At, I reckon ten times a yeah. day. Yeah, see again though. Um, this comes on values, right? It's like you you value yeah. AFL. Like I've never even been on the AFL app because I don't really care, right? So it's is that <laughs> I don't I, I go on my NFL app. So because I care that yeah. about that. So it's it really does depend on it really comes down to what you value and what you love and i think it's just a it's about being say on social media it's about figuring out exactly sort of why are you there and and i'm sure for majority of people says i probably shouldn't be on it as much however having said that though social media facebook has allowed us to kind of get connected to people that you probably wouldn't have been connected to oh, yeah. i mean i'm connected to so many people that are around the world that i would not have known or um, ha- have any inkling of what they're doing. And so it, it does, It I mean, it allows us in this di- digital age to be able to allow us to kind of get to know people in a, in, a, in at least a certain light. And someone will make an argument and goes, yeah, but it's only one portion. Yes, I agree with that. However, it does create a, a sense of connection to those person, even though you may not have connected with them. Like I might, like for example, I, you know, I saw you had a, you know, had a great dinner uh, with, uh, I, can't, I said Sharon. I can't remember who it was. Um, Sharon. Okay. She has a search. Pardon? Yeah, yeah Sharon had, and search. 
up yeah. on um yeah you, you know, had dinner and i saw the pictures with you guys and then goes you know and she reached out to me right she just reached out and said hey lawrence i heard so much about you uh through marcus love to connect with you and and you know her a lot i was so singing I, your prizes man i was singing your <laughs> oh thanks buddy and so like i wouldn't have known her and she, you know I don't, I don't like we still haven't really connected other than on facebook but there's no way i would have had that connection unless i've been in you know i was maybe at the same you know, at the same venue or the same place or, you know, and then you happen to be there and to make that yeah. connection. So we, we definitely have, you know, as bad of argument as social media is making, uh, you know, so Facebook is, you know, they're saying how bad it actually is, but it's also connecting with people who also don't necessarily connect with people very well socially, right? Oh, Does I it- think it's incredible. Yeah, I think, I think there's so much guilt. I was going to ask you about this. Why is there so much guilt around social media? Because there is so much good that it provides. And if someone lost their child and they wanted to get it out there, I don't think they'd be complaining about social media when they asked everyone to share it with their friends, family, and colleagues to get the word out there. Well, exactly. Like it's just another, it's another way. When people go, TV's bad for you. It's like, well, yeah, if you can't find your child, you're going to be cr- whinging if the 6 o'clock news is saying, can everyone please look for this child? See, I think people um, just got to start to realize that there's always good things and bad things. You can, t- you can always find anything. Like you can say, well, how come podcast is so bad? Well, I'm sure I can tell you many reasons why podcast is bad, right? You know, yeah. and and there's going to be so so many people say you know podcasts are amazing, and so like the thing is, there's always good and bad things. You can always find it if you choose to look at that avenue. I would just I would advise people to look at everything is with to go there. Just know that everything you do or everything that's available to you has a good and a bad. It's not right mm-hmm. or wrong. Just stop judging it and just realize that yeah. you know work on yourself. That's that's the key thing. Like what work on yourself is rather going. Is this the best thing I should be doing right now? That that's the the key thing. Like I don't go on social media very often. You know, people think that you know I'm on Facebook. I don't go on Facebook very often. I go on Facebook to post something, you know, because yeah. it's. Uh, I use Facebook now is to you know what it is mostly is for me you know and this is just being truthful for me it's about it's a it's a vehicle for me to get my message out there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not just from not from a business context, but it's a vehicle for me to kind of display my art. If that if that makes yeah. any sense whatsoever, right? You know, if, if before if you if you had something to say, like you basically had to write a book or something. Think about this. Twenty years ago, yeah. if you had to something to say, you either write a, an article somewhere in a magazine or a book or wherever, right? And who's who's? But you can't just go out and do that. Like you literally have to be chosen, right? Now in today's mm-hmm. world. You don't need to choose. Like freaking, you know what? I don't so need to public, wait. Publisher, what do you mean? I, need yeah, a publisher. I don't need ABC to choose me. I don't need Penguin yeah. Books to kind of choose. I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about whatever I want. I want to talk about. And whoever wants yeah. to listen, they can listen. And whoever doesn't want to listen, don't listen. Like I really don't care. The thing is, I don't do it for them. I do it for me so that I can learn about something about myself. And sure, the feedback that I get, the comments that I get, is reinforcement to going, hey, someone likes this. And so, therefore, yeah. what do you think that's going to do to me? Well, that means that maybe I should do more of that, right? We, yeah. You know, anybody who's watched my journey in the last, say, three to four years, I've always said I hate writing, right? I hate writing. And everybody knows my grammar English is terrible, blah, blah, blah. Fine. So I've never thought <laughs> but I would hilarious. write. But it's hilarious. But what's really interesting is that in the last, say, two to three months, I started writing more, right, especially on Facebook, um, you yeah. know, I try to do one post a, a week or something. And I, instead of going to a blog and going to like my website, I'm actually posting on Facebook and I see what people like and what I see what people don't like. And that's fine. But that gives me reinforcement. It's almost like a, a tester. Like it's, it's a market test to kind of go, oh, this is actually what people are interesting, interested in. And guess what? It's going to help me refine my message when I present too. Like without that testing Absolutely. ground, I would have to wait until I actually get, go up stage and present and go, oh, that bombed right where yeah. i can actually kind of filter out some of those messages now 
and start to recognize it. And I didn't realize I actually enjoy kind of writing some stories now. And I'm moving a little bit more away from videos to writing oh, because people Lord. actually don't have the time to watch my videos. And that's, that's fine. That's fine. And so, so it's finding a mixture of both of them and doing a little bit of video and a little bit of writing. And who knows? Yeah. Like, who who knows? Maybe I'll write a book one day. You know? So oh, like, here we go. Hey, maybe, maybe. So <laughs> the thing is, I think it's all I'm saying is that the social media, if you see the advantage of it, leverage it. Right? That's all we're saying. So that if if you and if you don't, you know, if you're not producing anything, and that's fine. But use it. You're you're gonna use find the advantage of social media, but don't justify it and go. That's why you're there for eight hours, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Have a time limit. This, you go on. Have a time limit. I just think you have a time limit, or you know, just know yeah. when to draw the line. Like when get to the egg timer out. I have the egg timer. It goes for fifteen minutes. It goes beep beep beep. Yeah, I'm done. I think. So. Um, you just you just got me thinking. I just realized when I. When I launched the Exceptional Life Blueprint, I set up a Facebook group. And again, I'm not on Facebook that often, but I put everyone that enters the Blueprint in the group. And then in the last, I don't know, well, ever since it's been born, 15, 18 months, whatever, people have got or who's in Victoria or who's in you know Brisbane or who's in Adelaide or whatever. And they've started catching up in the real world uh, for lunch or coffee or whatever. And that's all because it had nothing to do with me in terms of I'm not saying everyone must get together. They're all doing it themselves because of social media. And so when you find a group in social media that you really resonate with, whether it's like you look at the Wellness Couch Club and how connected um, that tribe is and then they get to the wellness breakthrough and it's like they all know each other. It's not like they're meeting each other for the first time because the social media has actually created a connection that they wouldn't have been able to get um, before meeting. So I think I think there's a there's a lot of power, like we've just been saying. There's a lot of power in it that we don't give enough credit to. And again, I'm guilty of this as well, just beating myself up if I find myself on social media for too long. Uh, but if you're doing great things, connecting with people and um, and making a difference, like, like you said, applying your art, um, then I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Well, the connections allows us to kind of keep keep, keep up with with conversations and also friendships, you know, across the world. Um, you know, like for example, tonight I'm going to be speaking to a friend of mine that I met uh, in Vegas. She lives in London, and so you know, without having the social media connections that we have, and include, I'm talking about Skype and how we record now, and it's all of that would not be possible in the past. Like we would actually literally have to, I would literally have to be in London to actually have catch up with her. Or yeah, sure. I can mm. do long distance phone calls and stuff, but it's just a little bit different now. We, you know, because of this, it's easy to connect and go, Hey, what time are you free? And then we can just do that conversation rather than writing back, uh, letters back and forth, yeah. <laughs> which take you know, yeah. a couple of days to kind of get there. <laughs> you know? So this is how the, yeah. that's the, I remember the lifestyle that we grew up with as a kid. And that's how you kind of communicate it. And pretty much before, you know, 20 years ago, or well, maybe not 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, we we're kind of communicating with people just around us in our community. And that's about it. Right. Yeah. And anybody I met, you know, in long distance, I used to go, um, you know, it was mostly just a phone call or letters. And that's how we communicated. Right. And I get that. Yeah. But now it's just a faster way of communicating. So which means you're um, you can get to decisions making faster. Yes. Is Facebook and social media, all the digital stuff. Is it distracting? Hell yes. But it's only distracting if you allow it to be. And I'm guilty yeah. of it as well. It just like it comes down to being aware. Are you aware that is running your life or are you aware that you're running your life? And. I mean, let's be, you know, full disclosure again. Does it run my life sometimes? Yes, it does. I'm guilty of it. I get caught up in there and I always go, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Right? <laughs> Slap yourself in the face. It's like, like, yeah. Pull it's your like, hair oh, until it really like, hurts. <laughs> this is just wasting time. Like, why do I need to watch this video? Or why do I need to watch that replay that I've already watched it before? You know? Yeah. So, 
<laughs> it's it's about very having certain rules around around your life. So the rule that I have is that I don't typically look at, and I say typically because it's not every single time. I typically don't look at my emails until about ten o'clock in the day. So loud. You just got into me. I was going to say, what's your email strategy? Because I want to share mine. I want to hear yours. I don't think you've ever shared your email strategy. Well, email strategy changes, and and for me now, it's like I don't look at my email until 10 o'clock I'll, I'll like like sometimes like just because it's open on my own computer so i might just glance at it but I'll, i really don't answer anybody's email till about 10 o'clock in the morning until i at least got one thing done um out of my plate off the books on mm-hmm. on, 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 on that's on in the in the projects that i have so that i can actually just stay focused um because you know what the emails can wait like whoever sent me an email that's urgent can wait an hour or two um, yeah. They waited all night anyway, so I'm sure they can wait. You know, the next time. Uh, Facebook's the same thing. Uh, I, I I don't typically go on Facebook early first thing in the morning unless I was needed to post something or need to get something out there. Um, I would usually just wait. Would you check the NFL app in the morning? No, definitely not. <laughs> no, uh, I actually don't. I don't. See, I went for a run this morning, and I I put on Spotify, put on my favorite Michael Jackson. And uh, I'm sure I checked the AFL app. I'm not 100% positive. Yeah. I'm sure whilst I was walking, I would have checked the AFL app and then started running. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I actually have, uh, um, to be honest with you, even like the playoffs right now. And, um, you know, I was in Perth uh, on the weekend and it's probably the first game I actually watched uh, in a very long time. Because I haven't actually yeah. watched the game at all this well, year. Well, because your team was going average as well. Yeah, so but it's a playoff now, and but it's I, I just watched the highlights, so you know, condensed the game in, into two and a half minutes. So some people don't like that, and yeah. some people want to be a part of it. I get it. Um, right now, I've just been so busy with everything else; it's just not that priority. So maybe Super Bowl, yeah. maybe uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Now I've got to ask you a question because I've got a bit of a um, I I guard my. I know how do I say this? I know a lot of people that have overwhelmed. They're so overwhelmed by email. Like mm-hmm. pretty much I'd say nine out of ten people are overwhelmed by email. Yeah. But it's a bit like everything we've just spoken about. It doesn't have to be that way. Is email running your life or are you running it? So I decided probably six months ago, no, I reckon even maybe a year ago, I had like 1,057 unread messages and I'm sure you know, 957 of them were from lists of some description that I'd subscribed to or whatever. And one day I said, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to bite the bullet here and mark all as red. I'm sure yep. my life's not going to just disappear into the ether. I'm sure everyone and everything will be okay. Yep. Um, and and ever since that day, I've guarded my inbox like uh, vigilant, vigilantly. Uh, almost got a bit of Chinglish out there. Almost said vigilantly. Um, and whereby I know that I get overwhelmed if I've got more than thirty unread emails. Now, does it mean I respond to every email? It doesn't, but I do. I do. I personally, I pride myself in responding to an email because I, I, I gather, I assume that an email is like a conversation. If if you if you respond to if you write me an email, and go hi Marcus, uh, what's the update on the wellness breakthrough? My response will be, g'day Lawrence, here's the update. It's it's like a conversation, right? Whereas a lot of people, I I find don't they would just prefer to not reply. So it's almost like that email remains unread. Um, in some instances, but then a lot of people have hundreds or if not thousands of emails and there's almost like a limiting belief behind their lack of reply because they've got too many emails in their inbox, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. So, in terms of, I'm a bit similar to you, I don't check it first thing in the morning. Um, I don't do that whole two things a day thing. I'm probably, I just, yeah, I find myself if I'm writing an email, I will, I won't, 
I'll write an email whenever I want to write an email. And if I want to write an email, generally, I'm going to see what's in my inbox, but I'll often do my best to guard not seeing it because I don't want to be distracted, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the moment, as, as we're recording right now, there's 20 emails in my inbox and six in my wellness couch box. I've got, they're, they're my two that I run off. But personally, the only reason why I keep it so small is so I don't feel overwhelmed that there's so many loose ends or there's a number of people waiting to hear back. Yeah, email sucks. <laughs> a, yeah. I hate emails. It's, it's, uh, it's the new way it, and yeah, the old-fashioned way. Yeah, was e- emails definitely suck and, uh, you know, I got a good friend, you know, uh, Taki, he, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't do emails. So uh, basically, wow. he oh, just, that's a fascinating chat. Yeah, he just actually literally just doesn't uh, respond to email at all. He has an email account. Uh, he even got a personal email account, and I know that if I send it to him, he would never read it. So he he has his staff read it, you know, to pick up anything that's important. But he doesn't do email, and he doesn't even do voicemail. <laughs> so pretty much, if you want to get a hold of him, it's uh, you either call him, and if he picks up, or you, you text him, and he might answer. And if that's pretty much it, and that's how how he functions. And so I don't mind that though. You, that's quite refreshing. You, you can. Um, I don't know. You can get away with emails, man. The amount of emails you sent me, it's. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, you, I, I'm the email hammer. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, but if anyone would prefer me just to call them and discuss everything, then I'm more than happy to do that because everyone knows I took the leg off a chair. Yeah, uh, no, but I email the leg off a chair as well. Like <laughs> yeah. I write as if I'm talking, as I'm sure you've gathered. LT, they're frigging long and. Yeah, so I think I think email, I think it's about getting right to the point, and emails uh, can be distracting, and there's a lot of stuff, and uh, especially on a trip like this, I you know going away, and I don't really respond to emails when I'm away, and so it usually piles up, and uh, today will be the day to kind of start uh, you know plugging away. <laughs> so, so uh, what do you do though? Like, what do you do? Do you do you do you crack it, or do you just no, plot up? You just look, I just look at the list and I just look at who is sending it to me and I look at the subject and I already pretty much know what it's about and I just look at it, well, is it important for me to deal with right now? And I just usually answer the, the most important ones. Like I just know that there's certain things that are important and certain things that are not. And uh, um, unless it's urgent, you're not going to get a reply to me today or tomorrow. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's why I said, you okay. know, it, that's why there's certain rules. Like, you know, you know, and you know some of the rules, uh, you know, if some, uh, a friend of mine um, or someone within my organization, you know, knows that uh, certain things are urgent, there's a certain way of writing it to me. And, uh, and I'll, yeah. you know, I'll respond to those. Otherwise, it's just you're just taking a chance whether I respond to it or not. So, ah, this is, I love this. I know we're, I know we're, we're due to finish up. Um, I just want to just put this last thing in. My my the trap I find. This is my trap. If I open an email, I imagine it that someone's talking to me. Yep. So it might yeah. So someone sends me an email. Hi, Mark. Blah, blah, blah. My this is just my view, and it's relatively new. Is if I'm going to take the risk per se of opening the email, then I'm going to reply because otherwise it's just going to hang, yep. and and I, I hate things hanging. Yep. So. Um, if I'm going to take the, like you said, because some emails actually don't warrant a response or need a response or they're really not that important um, and they're definitely not urgent. But if I'm going to be sometimes silly enough to open it, then I'm going to uh, have the conversation. But the, the challenge I have when I do that is that it then creates the conversation. 
Yeah. But I'm, so you that's, know, and it's like, oh. I think that's why you need to end conversations. It wasn't meant to be a conversation. Yeah. Email needs to end conversations. And I, I think, you know, you and you you would have been on the receiving side of this, I'm sure. Um, and it might lead to frustration for certain people, but this is how it just, you know, like, you know, for example, with the Wellness Couch guys, just so you understand, uh, Wellness Couch is made up of Damien, Brett, myself, and Marcus. So when there is a decision need to be made, uh, you know, an email sends out, say, say Marcus sends out an email and says, we need to make a decision on this. And if Brett and Damien has responded, then and they voted say yes on something well a, my vote doesn't really count so it doesn't matter and i typically just don't bother you don't responding. need to enter the conversation i don't need to enter the conversation i just yeah. prep archive because it's like well my my unless i was really adamant against something it doesn't matter if i say yes or no because the decision is already made so like let's just move on like i don't need to i know i could have just been easy just to go yes and type it but that's still five ten seconds out of my life that i probably didn't put energy on and no offense to you guys it's just it doesn't change the outcome so therefore yeah, i just move oh, on that's so, hilarious you know. and then karen's like how was your day and you're like honey i saved 10 seconds not answering to this email today it was so good it's, it allows me 10 seconds to to watch what else you're doing on facebook right so, uh, guys you know i hope this has been an interesting conversation i know this has been a random conversation about screen time and and and, and oh, sorry just uh you know digital world and real world but i think you know when it comes down to it, which we never got to talk about which which i really wanted to talk about was really i think it's important to, to to live in the digital world and i think it's part of the digital world but it's also make sure you spend some time in the real world the real world meaning get connected with people uh, mm. Go to seminars under live events because that's where I I actually really enjoy. I really love connecting with people on a live event, but that's my value system. Uh, I think that's yeah. Marcus's value system. But I think you know I go to events um, and I create events uh, in my coaching group for the fact of one thing. One thing is they take a break and put a pause button on their regular life. Right, they mm. put a pause button and move away from their regular life for a little bit. Even if it's just a small, you know, couple of days. It allows them to put a pause in their business to allow them to think. Because when you have thinking time, you are more energy. You gain back the energy to allow you to uh, to, to to go do your thing. Most people don't take a break. They're always waiting for the holiday. Why? Why don't you just create the space? Create the space to allow you to think and to be able to uh, to do things uh, that's going to help you every quarter, every 90 days. That's my recommendation. So, you know, um, I know it's been a long conversation. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, go to facebook.com slash Inside of Champions Mind. If you haven't liked it there, please make sure you do. And maybe share this podcast with other people too. Uh, just, you know, press the share button and allow uh, people to uh, to kind of let people know about what we do. Go to wellnesscouch.com slash, uh, oh, sorry, Inside Champions Mind. That would be a find this particular podcast and all the other podcasts that we do. Subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a feedback and comment there. It'll be greatly appreciated. So this has been Inside Champions Mind Show dedicated to you helping you overcome mediocrity in pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tan. He's Marcus Pierce. See you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Catch podcast brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering the Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torps, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch for your free audiobook. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Foster Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.